Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, August 11th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Jake Neer in Detroit and for Kellen Walker. Today on the show, GM and Ford stocks slide on concerns over UAW talks, Unifor eyes Ford as its bargaining target, and Waymo and Cruise get the go-ahead to expand in San Francisco. Plus, we'll hear from one of Automotive News' 40 Under 40 winners for 2023, Jeffrey DeFonseca, service manager at BMW of Bridgewater. Every single day you're, you're faced with a problem that, you know, maybe you haven't had that before. Um, so I, I kind of like that challenge. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. General Motors and Ford were among the biggest losers in the U.S. stock market Thursday. That's as concerns grow that demands from union leaders could send the automakers' labor costs soaring. The UAW's demands include more than 40% in pay raises over an almost five-year contract, a 32-hour work week, pensions for all, and more. The Detroit Three think those demands could cost each of them more than $80 billion. GM shares fell nearly 6% on Thursday. That's their biggest daily plunge in nearly eight months. Ford fell 4.5% and Stellantis declined almost 2%. GM and Ford saw the second and fourth biggest drops on the benchmark S&P 500. Unifor is leaning toward picking Ford as the target automaker for this year's contract negotiations. Union President Lana Payne said no final decision has been made, but she says Unifor is seriously considering Ford as the target. Payne shared the union's thought processes with reporters in Toronto on Thursday. That was shortly after delivering union demands to the automakers and holding brief meetings with top negotiators from each of the Detroit Three. Payne says Unifor and Ford have a, quote, good working relationship and that the automaker has the most transparency into its plans for Canada. Robo-taxi companies Waymo and Cruise have won approval to expand in San Francisco. The California Public Utilities Commission voted in favor of expanding the operations of the two robo-taxi companies on Thursday. It's a major victory for the companies as they seek to expand their presence in that city and beyond. After repeated delays and a seven-hour public meeting, the commission finally decided to accept the applications. The decision has implications for the self-driving space and for unions, safety advocates, and others tussling over its growth. And U.S. auto safety regulators are opening another special crash investigation into a fatal Tesla accident. This one happened in Virginia. It involved a Tesla Model Y suspected of relying on advanced driver assistance systems and hitting a heavy truck. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is probing the July 19th crash. Law enforcement officials say a 57-year-old Tesla driver was killed after the tractor trailer was attempting to turn onto a highway from a truck stop. The Tesla struck the side and went underneath the tractor trailer, and the driver was pronounced dead on the scene. The driver of the tractor trailer was cited for reckless driving. Since 2016, NHTSA has opened more than three dozen Tesla special crash investigations in cases that they suspect driver assistance systems such as autopilot were being used, with 23 crash deaths reported to date. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, so automakers seeing stocks kind of plunge yesterday. I'm curious, why is General Motors seeing sort of the worst of that? You know, uh, all the automakers are seeing, uh, you know, the huge demands from the UAW, the prospects for much higher costs. 
But GM is also struggling to get their EVs out on the road. Last year, GM planned to make 25,000 of the Cadillac Lyric crossovers, for instance. They fell way short of that target. Even through the first six months of this year, GM's delivered fewer than 2,400. So they're way behind schedule. Problems with battery assembly on top of the labor cost problems. So they're getting a double whammy. Mm. Huge stakes for both of those moving forward. Coming up, we'll hear from one of the industry leaders awarded as part of Automotive News' 40 Under 40 list. That's next on Daily Drive. The auto industry's shift to carbon neutrality is here and it's accelerating. But is it enough? This is a moral imperative, an economic imperative, a moment of peril but also a moment of extraordinary possibilities. No more hesitancy, no more excuses, no more waiting for the others to move first. There is simply no more time for that. Driving to Zero is a new podcast series from Automotive News that looks at the auto industry's roadmap to carbon neutrality. We take a big picture look at the environmental, political, and social trends pushing the move toward a greener future and we pull back the curtain on how these decisions are being made at the highest levels. My team and I went to each car company separately. We sat down and we said, you know, what can you do? What you cannot do? How much time you need? How much is going to cost you? And that pay off big time. I said, you know, the, the headline that you need is, is GM believes in an all-electric future. And I think Dan Ammon and Mary Barra pretty much said the same thing, which is, is like, but, but we, we don't. Spoiler alert, they come around to that idea. Find out how and much more. I'm Jake Neer. Join me and Automotive News Executive Editor Jamie Butters on Driving to Zero, available wherever you get your podcasts starting September 11th. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Jake Neer. Jeffrey DeFonseca came to the U.S. in 2001 from Sri Lanka and got a job as a valet at a Honda dealership because he loves cars. He is now the service manager of BMW of Bridgewater in New Jersey and hopes to one day be a general manager. DeFonseca is a recent Automotive News 40 Under 40 honoree. He spoke with our own Dan Shine about his journey in the industry. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Dan. Thanks for uh, having me here. So Jeff, uh, for you out there watching, is a recent uh, 40 Under 40 honoree for Automotive News. Uh, and wanted to come have him on to talk a little bit about his automotive career. Uh, moved to this country from Sri Lanka in 2001. Got a job at a, I think, at a Honda store. Just he was going to community college, but he, just because he loved cars. What did you love about cars that made you want to be in the car business? Always wanted to be around cars since I was a kid, uh, which is funny because my father, my mother, nobody in my family ever had any liking to cars. I was just always drawn to it, and um, I like any type of cars, racing cars, you know, just cars in general. So I was going to school. I, I went and worked at Honda as a, as a valet. And, you know, we were very fortunate to have, you know, management that, you know, believed in me and got into appointments and, you know, became a service advisor and, you know, so on and so forth. And um, but later on down the road, a um, little bit later on down the road, I had an opportunity to go to BMW. Um, and that's kind of where I stuck. I know you mentioned in, in your 40 under 40 uh, story, you have aspirations to, you know, to not stop where you are, but you, you want to be a GM and you've gone to the NADA Academy to study for this. What is it about that job that uh, interests you about it? 
I think the car business, um, it, it's different every single day. You know, you, you come in, it's not a desk job. It's not, you know, um, I went to engineering school and, and I kind of did, you know, internships and so on and so forth um, for a very short amount of time. To me, coming here and, and being different every single day, every single day you're, you're faced with a problem that, you know, maybe you haven't had that before. Um, so I, I kind of like that challenge. That, that's what I love about this business. And what do you think you need to do to improve upon, to gain, you know, probably experience? What do you think you need to do to, to kind of make that next step? I am currently um, getting involved in sales uh, variable upside of it. Um, so, you know, fixed ops, parts and service, I'm, I'm very familiar with. That's what I've done all my life. Now I'm kind of trying to get into the variable side. So I understand the whole business as a whole. Academy was great. I, I got exposed to the, the operational side of it, the financial statements, you know, so on and so forth. In ADA Academy, I, I got some really good friends. You know, that's, there's a group of us that are still, after a year and a half, we're still on WhatsApp pretty much every single day talking about, you know, hey, I got this problem. What do I, you know, what do you guys do at your store? That kind of thing. So it's a huge support group. Um, I, you know, I, I recommend the Academy to anybody. That was fantastic. So, um, you know, yeah, variable site is what I want to get into right now. So I should mention, uh, you're at a BMW uh, store now, putting up great numbers, great ROs, great revenue in the last few years, every, you know, every year increasing on that. What's kind of the secrets of your success and how you've been able to kind of grow business there? I think just having the right people in place, sending them to training, you know, service advisors, we, we send them for regular service advisor training classes through some of the companies that are local. Um, I've done some in ADA stuff for the service advisors as well. We've done um, technician training through BMW, which is, which is very, very important. So you just like getting these guys exposed to other stuff that's that's around, you know, even some of the different brands, when they go for some of these classes, you know, it's not per se like a BMW class. There's a lot of different manufacturers there. So they get to learn a lot of things from, you know, hey, I'm doing this. I'm, you know, you should try this in this store. Along with, we've done uh, video recording of, of every car that comes in. Very important. I think just, we're just being very transparent to the customers. Hey, this is what's going on with your car. If the car doesn't need anything, hey, look at the underside of your car. Everything is great. You're taking good care of it. Have a nice day. You know, so we do that on every single car that comes in. So, you know, people are, you know, purchasing more stuff. It's much more transparent, you know, builds trust between the technician and the client, you know, um, the person that's in the middle who's the advisor, you know, it, it's a lot easier. And what are some of the challenges that you are seeing uh, in, in your shop there? I would say the biggest challenge that, that I have right now is, you know, parts acquisitions, you know, trying to get parts. Um, there's, there's a lot of backlogs. There's a lot of backorder parts. Other than that, technicians are harder to find good ones. It seems like, you know, I, I really don't know what the answer is, but technicians are very hard to find. The talent pool out there is not a whole lot, at least for, for us. So, you know, other than that, it's, you know, it's normal business. You mentioned technicians and, you know, everybody in the same boat. It's hard to attract them. It makes it more important to, to try and keep the ones you have. How do you try and go about kind of retaining those techs and, and advisors for that matter? Uh, to make them want to stay, what kind of are you trying to do different kind of incentives and programs just to kind of make the culture there better that they don't want to go anywhere else? 
We do. So, you know, pay is, is a big part of it. Obviously, incentives and everything else is a huge part of it. We have tech bonuses and I, you know, that sort of thing. I, I think every store has it. What I try to do differently is I, I try to, you know, we're a pretty small shop. You know, I have 12, 13 guys. We, we try to make it family. Like I, I go talk to them every day. I'm out there in the shop. You know, if there's, we have a bunch of cars and they can't get them done. I'm out there working with them. So, you know, it builds that trust to make sure that, you know, these guys can come to me with whatever they got. You know, there's, I think, a big divide between in a dealership. The technicians are kind of like forgotten people, you know, not the case here. Um, I do regular reviews. I, you know, I, I, we talk about, you know, we have a, once a week, we have a shop meeting and I talk about, you know, hey, what's broken? What do you guys need? Uh, what can I do for you? You know, that kind of thing. And, and I think it goes a long way. It really does. At the end of the day, you know, they know they're taken care of. I was curious, you're part of the uh, NADA Political Action Committee. How did you get involved in that? And what do kind of, what interested you there that made you want to be a part of it? So um, the, I got introduced to it at the academy. One of the, one of the weeks in the academy is what we, when we got introduced to it. We actually get, got to go to Congress and we actually got to talk to a congressman. And, and the stuff that they were talking about, you know, what, what's going on politically that the regulations that are coming out, you know, towards the dealerships and, you know, the right to repair and, and you know, some of the other stuff that's coming out. I'm like, man, this is really interesting stuff. This is this is stuff that's going to affect me in my life, you know, in my career as well. So, you know, I want to be involved. I want to be, I want to know what's going on, you know, so on and so forth. So that's that's what got me uh, interested in that. Very interesting. Jeff, it was great speaking with you. Congrats again on 40 Under 40. I look forward to meeting you in person when we honor all the 40 Under 40 folks at uh, the NADA. Thanks, and we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Jeffrey DeFonseca is the service manager of BMW of Bridgewater in New Jersey and one of Automotive News' 40 Under 40 honorees. You can find the full list at autonews.com. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Jake Neer, in for Kellen Walker. Thanks to Alicia Anderson for her help on today's podcast. We had reporting from Automotive News journalist Molly Boygon, as well as David Kennedy of our sibling publication, Automotive News Canada. You can get the latest news on automotive retail, labor negotiations, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 